We are in Yevamos, Memezayin, Amabez, 47b2 in the Art Scroll Gemara. We just went through the Brisa, which explained the whole process of the Geras, of the conversion, and what we tell the converts right before the Mila, before the circumcision, and before the Tefillah, before going into the Mikvah, how we want to make sure that they are all in, they understand what it means to be part of the Jewish people, about how it's difficult to be, a Jew in the exile, we tell them about all the mitzvahs and how many commandments there are. And so, that was the b'risa. Now the Gemara uh, is analyzing different lines within that b'risa. So the Gemara starts off with, What are, we inform the potential convert about the sin of failing to give charity, of of charity to uh, to the poor, from the produce, from the field itself, and also of Maeser Ani, of a tenth of the produce going to the poor. Um, and the Gemara says, my time, why do we specifically mention this? Why do we specifically mention the concept of charity? So says the Gemara, Amr Abar Ben Noach Essentially as follows. So a little bit of background. A non-Jew also has a relationship, could have a close relationship with God. They have their own seven Noachite laws. One of those laws is do not steal. They're not allowed to steal. And when it comes to the Sheva Mitzvah Ben Enoch, the seven Noachite laws, because there are only seven of them, the repercussions are that much greater. And in fact, there are differences within within the different categories. Those seven categories, there are differences between Jews and non-Jews. Just like a, it's true, a Jew is also not allowed to steal. However, there could be differences because non-Jews have only seven so therefore, a non-Jew is punished even for taking less than the value of a pruta, of a small coin. They, they are even punished for taking less than that because since they only have seven, so then uh, we are even stricter with regards to those seven. When it comes to a Jew, they are not punished if they take less than the amount of a pruta, of this uh, small coin. The punishment is also more severe for a non-Jew, we say with regards to all of the seven that they are punishable by death. They could get the death penalty for all seven. And so therefore, a non-Jew, when they think about stealing, if they're observing the seven Noahite laws, so then it's extremely, extremely severe. Uh, and so it's also, it, they cannot return the object. They're not allowed to return, they just, they're, they're punished with the, with the death penalty and they do not return the object. It's very severe. Um, and as such, uh, the, when they convert, they're going to see the poor are around their fields taking from the produce of their fields and they're going to get all nervous and they're going to think, oh, these, these people that are taking, they're stealing from me and uh, it's so terrible because they're not used to giving uh, to charity in such a way um, and they're, they're going to think that the poor are stealing from them and we tell them this to, tell, to let them know that no, they aren't stealing. They aren't stealing from you. You have to understand that this is uh, what we do. We give to the poor and we give it to the poor from our produce of the fields, and they could just come into our fields and take specific portions of, of the produce. And so that's what we tell this uh, potential convert. Okay, that's one line in the Brisa. The Brisa continues and says, We do not overwhelm him with all the details. Uh, and Amar Belazar, the Gemara now says, how do we know that we shouldn't uh, overburden and overwhelm this potential convert with all of the details? Meaning, why do we 
why don't we try to dissuade him even further? Uh, why don't we? So Omar Abelazar, Abelazar says, it comes from one of the sources of conversion. We have different sources of conversion, as we've seen. We've seen uh, the receiving of the Torah in Harsinai with regards to the process. But we also have the story of Ruth, of Rus, of Ruth, uh, the story that we read on Shavuos, in which uh, she converts. And so Omar Abelazar, my kra, what does the verse say about this? It says, Dechsev, Naomi saw that Rus uh, was determined and wanted to become Jewish, and then Naomi stopped. Once she, Naomi saw that Rus wanted to become Jewish and she was sincere about it, she stopped arguing with her. And so she let her uh, convert and to join with the Jewish people. The Gemara now, now that we have a discussion between, about, we mentioned Naomi and Rus. So now the Gemara analyzes uh, some of the psuk, the dialogue that which took place before this. What were exactly was the back and forth between Naomi and Rus? What, what did Naomi tell Rus about uh, Judaism? That one, and we can learn from there what we're supposed to tell the potential convert about Judaism before they actually convert. So Amrale, Naomi tells Rus, Aserlan Tchum Shabbos. You should know that there's a prohibition of Tchum Shabbos. Tchum Shabbos is the idea that a person is not allowed to walk beyond a certain point, uh, uh, beyond the city. That there's a point beyond the city where they're no longer allowed to walk on Shabbos itself. Perhaps the idea is to reflect an idea of limitations, that there are limitations. Even on Shabbos when you're allowed to walk, you're allowed to walk, but there's a limitation of where, how far you could go. And so what did Rus respond? She said, El elich. Wherever you go, I will go. I will only go where you go. Then the next point is, Asr la that it's forbidden to be secluded uh, with somebody else who you're prohibited to have a relationship with uh, of the opposite gender. And so you're not allowed to be secluded in such in such a place. And that's reflecting the idea of what uh, how Torah views the uh, a relationship between a husband and wife and how special and how much Kedusha, how much holiness there is in there and how much uh, we have to make sure, we have to go above and beyond to make sure that uh, we are loyal and uh, and committed within that relationship, and that we make sure that we're not secluded with somebody else that we're prohibited to be with. So, what does Rus answer? Rus says, "Kasher talini alin." Wherever you live, wherever you lodge, whatever rules you follow, I will also follow in that area. What else does Naomi say? Mipakdinan shish meos shloshesrei mitzvos. Naomi says, "We have six hundred thirteen mitzvos." Rus respond, replies back. This is all found in in the Megillah of Rus, Amich Ami, at least her response is found, uh, and the Gemara is adding the, the the back and forth, what Naomi is saying, but Rus replies back, your nation is my nation, I will observe the 613 commandments. Naomi says, you have to understand that it's forbidden to be an idol worshiper, you have to believe in one God. And Rus responds back, your God is my God. Naomi says, that there are four different uh, death penalties, that there, it's serious, that there are serious repercussions, there, there are serious punishments, you could get the death penalty, four different types of death penalties. So Rus answers, Bashar Tamosi almost, that I'm willing, to, wherever you die, whatever laws you follow, so then with regards to, to death, so then I will also die. Wherever you die, I will die. Now Omi again says, Shnei Kvarm Nimsri Lebezdin, that there's in fact two different uh, cemeteries for people who get the death penalty, that there are uh, more severe forms of the death penalty and less severe forms, and then they are in fact buried in different places. That we have different uh, cemeteries 
for for, diff- for depending on the severity of the sin. And so not is the, not only do they have a death penalty, but even after you die, people will know and you'll you'll be remembered as that if you commit that sin as that person who committed such a terrible sin. And so Rus responds back, Vishamek um, Aver, and I will be buried there. Yes, I will be buried there. And so right away, Miyad, once after Naomi mentions all these things, and we see that Rus is sincere, and she accepts all of them, Naomi sees that Rus was determined, she was serious about it, and so then she backs off, and she says, you know what, now you are ready to convert. Okay. The Gemara now continues with another line in the Brisa. The Brisa says, Kibel Malanos Once they accept it, so then we convert them right away. We want them to have the conversion right away. Why do we want to do it right away? My timer, what's the reason? And the Gemara answers, Shihuye Mitzvah Lomashina. There's a concept that we do not want to delay mitzvahs. If, if we have a mitzvah in front of us, we should go do it right away. So we see that the conversion itself is referred to as a mitzvah, as we pointed out in the last recording. It can be an extension of Avas as a ger, that you're supposed to love the ger, the convert. Or it can fall under Avas Hashem, that there's a, there's a mitzvah to love Hashem, and part of loving Hashem is to spread it with others. And so there is a mitzvah, in fact. Once we know that they're serious, there is a mitzvah for us to convert them. The Brisa, the Gemara continues to analyze a different line in the Brisa. It continues to discuss the mitzvah of Mila, of, of having a circumcision. And uh, the Brisa said that if, if they missed uh, certain shreds that are necessary to be removed, so then they have to go back and do it again. So the Gemara says, the Gemara analyzes and says, this follows the following Mishnah. This is similar to the following Mishnah. We're sort of defining, the Gemara now is defining what, is, what are these shreds, what needs to have be part of the circumcision. So the Gemara says, uh, The flesh that covers the larger part of uh, the end of that, of that, of the... Uh, of the male limb, ve'ena ochel ve'ena and with somebody who doesn't do this, so then they're not allowed to eat truma. They haven't finished it off unless they remove the majority, the larger part of it, um, and uh, they're not allowed to eat truma. That's one. If you if you don't have the circumcision, so then a kohen is not allowed to eat truma. Ve'amar of Yirmiya bar Abba Rav. Rav says he argues, or rather he explains. He explains what does this mean? What what type of part of the flesh are we referring to? Basar achofa rov gova. Shelatara, that when it comes to the foreskin, when we talk about the majority, it's not referring to the majority of the circumference, but it's referring to in the height. It's referring to the height of that area. And that's specifically what's necessary, what has to be removed uh, for the circumcision. Okay, the Gemara continues to analyze a few more lines in the Brisa. The Brisa says that after the person is healed from a circumcision, then they go to the mikvah, they go to the mikvah right away. Nisrapa matbilin osomiyad. So the Gemara says, why? Nisrapa in, lo nisrapa lo. It's only once they're healed, but not earlier. Why don't we do it earlier? Once we know that they're serious, they should even do it earlier. So the Gemara says, my time, why? Mishum demaya marzumaka. Because it's, uh, the water could irritate the wound, and it's, uh, it's not healthy. It's not healthy for them to go to the mikvah right away. Just to point out, it seems pretty clear from here that the order is to do mila and then to go to the mikvah. That there's an idea that you should first have uh, the circumcision and go to the mikvah afterwards. Just wait to go to the mikvah for a man. Uh, and it seems like that's the preferred option. There's a big discussion. What happens if you flip it? What happens if you go to the mikvah first? In fact, uh, from a perspective of not wasting time, it would make sense to go to the mikvah first because you could go to the mikvah and then that same day you could have a bris milah and then you're done. That the, but for a specific reason, we have the order in general having it mila, the circumcision first, and then uh, going to the mikvah. 
Some do say that if you happen to flip the order, then it's fine. Others say that no, it's not fine at all. That you first have to have mila, and then uh, you have to go to the mikvah. That the order is very uh, is very much necessary. Perhaps the idea of mila. We've explained this in the past that mila could be um, the, the step to remove a person from from being a non-Jew, and then going to the mikvah is the step of becoming a Jew. That these are two different steps, and so that's why we need it specifically in that particular order. First Mila and then going to the mikvah, but it is it is a big discussion. The Brisa continues, and we mentioned this in the last recording, it's the Brisa says that all you need are two Torah scholars to stand over the person. So the Gemara asks, I don't understand. says, We need three. We need three judges. So the Gemara answers, no, Ha'ama Rabbi Yochanan, Litana Rabbi Yochanan said to the one who mentioned this price, Tanish You should put in three. It's really, you have to change it. It's not two, really, it is three. Okay. One last uh, one last line uh, for today's recording. The Brisa says, Once he converts, once he goes to the mikvah, he or she goes to the mikvah, they are now fully Jewish. They are completely Jewish. Uh, for the rest of their lives, Lamai Hilchosa, what what halacha does this impact? Asks the Gemara. The Yehader Bay Mekadesh Bas Yisrael, Yisrael Mumar Karinah Bay, Vikidushav Kidushin. We say that. Let's say he reverts back to his old ways and he no longer observes the commandments. He's still Jewish. He or she is still Jewish. They could get married, and if they get married to a Jew, it's a recognized marriage according to halacha. And they are viewed as somebody who is going against the Torah. But at the end of the day, they are still Jewish, and their marriage is valid. And some of the commentators even point out that this is the source to say also for a Jew, somebody who's born Jewish, even no matter how far they go, they are still Jews. They are still Jews in the end of the day, um, even if they no longer uh, believe in the Torah. I'll just point out one last point, which is an interesting point made by one of the commentators, the Ritva. He says that this this process is a process uh, of returning, of returning uh, to Hashem, to having a, a deeper relationship with God, and so he quotes the Minog. There's a custom for a Baal Tshuva, somebody who is um, is coming back onto the path. Somebody who was born Jewish, but coming back onto the path that he had a Minog. There was a custom in those days for them to also go to the Mikvah. That it's also going to the Mikvah. They're becoming fresh. They're becoming anew. They're having developing a new relationship between themselves and God, between themselves and the Jewish people. And so there was a custom for them too to uh, go to the Mikvah. Okay, that concludes uh, the Gemara's analysis of the Brisa up to now, and then the Gemara will continue with more analysis of this Brisa.